Welcome to the Lincoln Way Christian Church Podcast. This live recording is brought to you from our Sunday morning worship service. Don't forget to also check out www.lincolnway.org. And now for this morning's message. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited about Jeff coming back next week. Um, next week he gets to come back and preach. Um, it really is, one of my favorite things to do is youth ministry, and it's what I love to do the most. And um, Like getting up here, it's, it's okay, but I, I prefer to be with teens. And I think why I really like teens so much is um, they're so much fun to just sit back and watch. Um, they do some crazy stuff, some really silly stuff. And one thing I love the most is uh, that you get to remember how you were when you were their age. This is a picture of me in the seventh grade. Um, and I get to look at these teens that I get to spend lots of time with and just remember, like, man, I used to be that dumb. Or I used to, I used to do those dumb things. And what I really like watching, um, and you probably don't, unless you've got a junior high, you probably don't get to see this as much as um, parents who have one or myself, is how they relate to each other in relationships, like these boy-girl relationships. Um, I, don't remember, I don't know if you had a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend in junior high, but there were some awkward moments, um, if you did. If you remember back, there was nothing good communication-wise with those. Um, I remember I had this friend. Her name was Kendall Golden. This is a picture of Kendall. Um, she was a friend. We'd talk a lot and hang out, you know, sit with each other at lunch, and um, <laughs> we'd talk about anything, joke around. But I had this little crush on her, of course, because I'm a guy, and she's a girl, and I was that age. And so I'd, like, punch her in the arm, and she would run away crying, you know, like junior high flirting type of stuff. Um, Like, try and see if I can make her cry, and that means she loves me, I think. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I got the courage up to, like, okay, I love this girl so much with all my heart. I'm only 13, but she's the woman for me. And so I I get this piece of paper out. I'm going to make the move. I'm going to ask her to be my girlfriend. And I get this piece of paper out, and I write the lyrics to a love song down. I write, and it's an old country song, maybe you remember. Could you, would you, ain't you gonna, if I asked you, would you wanna, be my baby tonight? And I write this on a piece of paper, and I just fold it up and, like, give it to her, and just like, all right, she's got to write something. What's she going to say? Hope she checks the yes box. And I get it back, and the, the yes box is checked. She wanted to be my baby that night. And so this girl who was my friend at one point, all of a sudden I get really awkward around her when I'm around her. Just like, I don't know if you've seen it in junior high relationships, but it's like lots of awkwardness whenever there's a, when it's made known that I like you and you like me type of thing. And so we start being boyfriend and girlfriend, and that just means they know you like her. You don't do anything. There's no going out or anything like that. It's like going to the water fountain. That's as serious as it gets. And so I'm like, man, I can't talk to her now. And I can't even, like, punch her anymore because I'm just so shy. And so I do, like, the whole, like, I want to hold her hand, but I'm afraid to death. So I, like, put my hand down and, like, kind of stretch the little pinky towards her. It's like, please see the pinky. Please see the pinky and grab the pinky. And, like, that was as far as our communication goes. A week into the relationship, she dumps me. Because <laughs> I don't talk to her anymore. And then so we go back to being friends. And then I, I feel more comfortable around her. And then I ask her out again. And she says, yes, again. And then my communication just breaks down, and I turn into a little boy again and afraid to talk to her. This happens six times in one year. I would ask her out, she would say yes, and then she would dump me. And I, I'm pretty sure the reason she dumped me was that our communication lines were cut off. I just stopped communicating in general. And because of this other guy, she found a Californian-looking guy named Sean Lehman, and she started dating him instead. I prefer to think it was the communication and not him, though. Um, 
And one of the things that's most important in relationships, relationships when we talk about them is communication. And it's such an obvious point, but it's something that we know should happen, and we know that we should focus on communications, but we fail to do so. Believe it or not, relationships have a better chance for success when we talk to each other. Yeah, or do you agree with me? Relationships have a better chance for success when you talk to each other. Um, we're going to look at a passage in Ephesians chapter 4, 29. You can look it up in your Bible, or we're going to put it on the screen for you as well, where Paul's talking about what it means to communicate with someone else. Now, last week we talked a lot about marriages and spousal relationships, and we're going to talk about that a little today. But these points that I'm going to make go beyond just marriages. They go into your everyday relationships, whether that be with your husband and wife, or whether they be with your children, best friend, or a family member. Paul says this about communication and relationships. He says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful. The first point that Paul's making here is that we need to voice our encouragement. He says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Which the opposite of that is, if we're not supposed to let the wholesome talk come out of our mouth, what is it we're supposed to let come out of our mouths in relationships? Encouragements. We're supposed to voice our encouragement for people. And this is such an obvious point when it comes to relationships. We know that we should encourage people. We know that we should tell them how they're, they're making a positive impact in our lives and the world in general. But today's culture especially, um, we put a heavy emphasis on saying demeaning things and saying harsh things to people. Um, I don't know if any of you guys watch MTV, but a few of the shows on MTV, um, and it's good to watch MTV because you can see how the culture is coming up, is there's a show called uh, Yo Mama, um, and it's just a whole show about making fun of people's moms. And especially on Mother's Day, I hope they're not airing it. But they, like, compete. Like, this guy will yell at this guy and make fun of his mom. The other guy will yell at him and make fun of his mom. There's another show, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, maybe someone can help me out, but um, it's like two teams of people. Like one team will come and they'll try to make fun of the other team and they'll get more points for it. And sometimes they'll just bring someone up from the crowd and the teams will make fun of that person and say really harsh things to them. It's like the culture today. It's like really cool to make fun of people and really cool to say harsh things and demeaning things. Wild and out. Yeah, that's it. Um, they just make fun of each other. And that's what not only our teens are doing, but we can, we can catch ourselves saying that stuff as well saying demeaning things. I mean, for example, um, maybe think of a high school teacher of yours when you were in high school. What's the one high school teacher that sticks out? Bus driver? Oh, Coach Trykoff. That's completely different than bus driver. Um, But chances are, the reason they stick out is they encouraged us. Or they can stick out for another reason. They demean us and they put us down. Um, chances are you guys have someone who encouraged you and a teacher that you remember because they were a, a really good help to you in life. And chances are there's another teacher in your life that they kind of put you down and you remember them as well. We remember two people in life. Hopefully the one we remember most is the one who encourages us. Today is Mother's Day, as most of you guys know, especially those of you who are mothers. And if you're a father and you don't remember, you have two hours until lunchtime. Think of something. Um, or children as well. Um, The one thing I really like about mothers is the one thing they excel at the most, in my opinion, is encouraging. Um, Mothers do a great job of encouraging. And because it's Mother's Day, I want to show you guys this video about what mothers mean to us. Because they're encouragers, but even beyond that. So let's watch this video on Mother's Day, and we'll continue. Mama! 
love my mommy this much. I love my mommy to the moon. My mom's fun. She puts on makeup on me. We give hugs lots because my mom loves me. She washes my clothes. She washes my Spider-Man shirt. She's really, really nice to me and takes care of me really good. Play in the park. We don't fall down there. We don't fall down there. We don't fall Mommy, mommy. It's between breakfast and uh, dinner. Oh, lunch. She makes me lunch when I go to school. She makes me great dinners. Pizza and McDonald's and like Wendy's. She cleans the house. She usually plays things with us. I love my mommy because she helps me with my homework. Oh, because I love playing with her. Because you only make us dress. I love my mommy because she digs up worms for me. She teaches me about God and reads to me about the Bible sometimes. My mommy teaches me to be nice to my brother and sister because sometimes I hit them. Mom's trying to teach me to stop flipping off my swing. I would give her a flower or a candle. I would like to give my mom Valentine cookies. A card? A candle, which I do a lot, almost every year. It's like an annual thing. Chocolate? Jewelry? Oh, you my allowance money. Some time lotion. I would give my mommy a picture of her and I going to IHOP. I would give my mommy all the flowers in the world. You know, one of the reasons I love my mom so much is because when nobody else was there to encourage me, um, she was always there. Whenever someone would, at school would make fun of me and say, you're ugly, my mom, she's like, no, you're the cutest little boy in the world. Or like when someone would point out that I'm no good at playing basketball, my mom would let me know that I was the best basketball player she'd ever seen. Uh, moms are really great encouragers, and it doesn't just take a mom to be an encourager. Anybody can be an encourager. It just takes recognizing that we need to be encouragers. Um, I know for me, I'm not very good at this. Um, it's not that I demean, it's just I forget to encourage. I remember, like, I, sh- I should encourage my wife, I should tell her how much I appreciate her, but when I remember it, like, she's not around and I can't do it and I forget about it. Um, I think what we need to do uh, is maybe... When those things happen, and when we're seeing it happening, just stop and say, you know, before we go any further, Rachel, I think you do a wonderful job raising our daughter, Ashlyn. I think you're a wonderful mother. Or stop and say, um, Mr. Husband, I think you do a wonderful job mowing the lawn. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Or thank you for sacrificing a lot of personal time so that we can have these, um, this, nice, this nice house that we live in. I know you work hard. Thank you very much for doing that. We need to be encouragers. In order to have a successful and meaningful relationship, we need to learn to communicate and appreciate each other. The second thing Paul mentions in that passage is not only that we need to voice our encouragement, but we need to voice his or her love language. Um, he says that by saying, but, 
don't let any whole talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. And here's the key part, according to their needs. Um, a lot of times what we try to do is we try to encourage them or we try to speak to them according to our own needs. We do this for our own benefit. But this communication is not just for our benefit. It's for the benefit of the person we're communicating with. And so Paul puts a heavy emphasis. He says, speak to them according to their needs. I don't know how many of you have read the book Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. But I really recommend this book, um, especially in your, if you're in a relationship um, with a spouse or a, a fiancé or a boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, this is a really good book. It talks about how we all speak these different languages of love. The way I say I love you may be different the way, than the way my wife says I love you. And you know the, the, the impact that communication has like this whenever you see that you speak different languages. Um, last week I mentioned that I went to Mexico for a weekend. One of the hardest parts about going to Mexico was actually getting into Mexico. It's really easy to get to America, but it's really hard to get over there for some reason. So we go with this um, missions trip. I'm going with some college friends. And we go to the border, and we have our passports and our birth certificates. And before they let you go over the border, you've got to stop in the, um, the little place of the border area. I don't know what it's called. Um, but you go up to the window, and they try to process your stuff. And so we get to the window, and the hard part about this was they didn't speak English. And I really thought that maybe at the border of America they would speak English, but they didn't, and none of us in this group knew how to speak Spanish fluently. I was the closest that came to it. I took like six years of Spanish, but I learned from Americans, and so I can speak Spanish, but like if I say something and they start repeating it or start talking back in Spanish to me, I'm totally gone. So I go up to the counter, I'm like, and I say in Spanish, um, why are they not taking our birth certificates, or why are they not t- accepting our passports? And then the guy, I say this in Spanish, and the guy's face gets really bright, like, he speaks Spanish, and he's like, starts going off on Spanish on me and explaining this. I'm like, uh, no, I don't speak Spanish. Like, do you know English? And it took forever because I didn't speak his language, and he didn't speak my language. He couldn't understand my language, English, and I couldn't understand his language in Spanish. And this happens a lot in our marriages and in our relationships in general. We speak different re- languages and we don't even recognize it. The way I say I love you may not be understood as I love you to my wife. Um, the way I prefer to say I love you is through service. I like to do acts of service. I like to serve my wife and um, like when she's gone, maybe I'll surprise her and do the dishes or um, clean the kitchen in some way. And then when she gets home, I'm like, look what I did. I love you. You see this? But the way she hears I love you best is through physical touch. Like um, if I hold her hand while we're walking or if I give her a peck on the cheek. That's how she hears it. And whenever I serve, it's maybe something that I should be doing for her. We've got this disconnect. Now in this book, there's five different languages they talk about. And I just briefly want to go over them for you. And as we go over them, maybe think, what is my love language? And what is my spouse's love language or my best friend's love language? Whoever you speak this love to. The first one is words. Um, an obvious one, the best way to say I love you to some people is just straight out saying, I love you, I care for you. And maybe not just words to them, but words about them in front of other people. Um, in front of a group of people maybe saying that, you know what, I love my wife, she's the greatest. Speaking words. The second one is gifts. Um, some people, instead of words, they prefer to get gifts. They feel special whenever you go out and buy them flowers or you go out and um, purchase them iTunes music or something of that sort. It's like a little symbol of love that they can look at and say, this person loves me. A third one is time. Uh, maybe 
instead of just saying I love you, you feel loved whenever someone spends quality time with you. And that's just not sitting in the same room. It's but actually devoting your full attention to the other person. It's going out and doing something. Going to a park. Going to the movies and going to the mall. Going on vacation together. Spending quality time together. A fourth one is touch. Actually, like Rachel, my wife, this is hers. She would rather I just grab her hand um, or like, kind of put my arm around her, show her that I love her in that way. We've got to learn what the love language is. We've got to learn what the other language is and start to try and speak that. Paul says, speak according to their needs, not your own. Now, if, it was, if I was speaking to my needs, I would just serve everybody. But for Rachel, I've got to know that she hears I love you whenever I grab her hand or give her a little peck on the cheek and remember that and do that for her. Sometimes it just takes more than words and communications, but it takes something else. It takes a gift. It takes time. It takes touch. The last one is service. And I put this last because in the book he says that this is one, but as Christians, I really think that this should be an ongoing love language for all of us, whether one of these others is ours or not. Um, and that brings us to our third one as we talk about this. In the Bible, and it doesn't just say that we need to voice our encouragement and voice our love language, but it says that sometimes we should just shut up and serve. Okay, shut up and serve. I, I tell you what, guys, I, I really struggled with this sermon. I, we came in, I'm like, I want to talk about in relationships how communication, verbal communication is really important and how we need to have that verbal communication. So I look through the Bible and I keep looking, just searching all over for just a passage that talks about how we need to talk to each other. And I find this Ephesian ones and I want to look for another ones. So I kept searching and searching and coming up empty. But what I kept finding over and over again is that God was not so concerned about what we say as what we do. I kept coming to the, this statement. God just keeps saying, just stop talking, shut up, and serve each other. It's not always about what you say. It's not always about the things that come out of your mouth. It's what you do in your life. Because communication is more important than words. Communication includes actions as well. Um, I don't know how many of you guys were into DC Talk in the 90s, um, but there's that famous song I really love, Love is a Verb. It's like, don't mean something, love is a verb. And he just kind of raps about how love is not just saying I love you. Love is a verb. Love is action. Love is stuff that you do. Love really is action. And communication takes more than that as well. And James, James says that faith without deeds is dead. Faith without deeds is dead. And I, I think that's true, and I also think that communication without deeds is dead. You can tell your wife you love her until your face turns blue. You can, tell, you can serve your husband until eternity comes. Just keep serving him. But unless you show with your life instead of communication, communication means nothing. The best way to communicate in a relationship is by serving and putting others first. This is the passage I kept coming back to when it talked about communication and how we should do it. It comes from Philippians chapter 2. Paul writes this in the NIV, and in the, this is a, the message here in, on the screen. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then he goes on and talks about how Jesus did that. In the message, I really like how the message reads. He says, Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. You know, sometimes it just takes just stopping what we're saying and kneeling down and serving somebody. 
I want to end with a story about Harry and Elaine Anderson. Um, Harry and Elaine Anderson knows what this means to serve each other. They know what it means to put away words. Um, When they ask to describe their relationships, they say that the phrase, action speaks louder than words, is very important in our lives. And the reason is because Harry and Elaine are a deaf-blind couple. Elaine is blind. Um, She can't see. Uh, She was born blind, and the way that she speaks is with words. She uses words to speak. Now, that would be good if Harry could hear. But her husband, Harry, can't hear a thing. He's deaf. And the way that he speaks is with sign language, which would be good if Elaine could see. But Elaine can't see Harry talking in sign language. Words are very difficult for them to communicate to each other. So they've developed a different way. Harry does sign language, and Elaine puts her hands over Harry's hands so she can feel what he's saying. A couple was invited to eat dinner with them, and this is what they say. This is what this person says about eating dinner with Harry and Elaine. They say, the way this loving couple interacted with each other was like a ballet. It should have been set to music, for it was such an inspiration to me to see a couple with a lot of obstacles overcome them and be nothing less than graceful. I can't seem to make it through my house without tripping over something, yet this wonderful couple prepared a beautiful meal And we had a wonderful evening full of laughter and friendship, with just me bumping into everything. They finally laughed and told me to sit down and relax. I did, and it was one of the most memorable dinners I have ever attended. The seeing and hearing community, that's you and me, those who can see and hear, should take lessons from this couple. They're still together today, making beautiful music together. As I look through the Bible... Communication is words. It's about communicating how much you love and speaking words. But it's so much more than that. Now, I don't know if we should spend more time saying words and encouraging each other, or maybe we should just stop talking and start serving each other. Or maybe it's both. Maybe we should spend time doing both. But whatever we do, we should choose to communicate, whether it be with words or whether it be with actions.